Hey, church family, thank you for joining us for All Things Evangelism, and in particular, a series called Why Evangelism Doesn't Work. Today, I get the privilege of hanging out with Sharissa Tarosian, who was once called Sharissa Fong. Um, I don't know if her name is Sharissa Fong Tarosian. Maybe, Sharissa, you can tell us that, or have you just dropped the Fong altogether? Ah, it's a bit of a story. I'm still trying to get all of that officially worked out, but I will be eventually officially Sharissa Tarosian. <laughs> so, okay, Sharissa Fong Tarosian, she is our North New South Wales Conference prayer coordinator, and she's decided to join me and to have a conversation together uh, uh, of, on this episode of Why Evangelism Doesn't Work, which is a series of all things evangelism. And our Topic of conversation today, Sharissa and church family, is reasons we don't do evangelism. So I'm going to just kind of pass the baton to you here real quickly, Sharissa, and just say, just from the top of your head, you're a spiritual person, you do ministry in Jesus' name, you preach around the world, you're a passionate soul winner, because not only are you one of our, your prayer leaders, our, our conference prayer leader, you are uh, an evangelist in our conference. It's your title, and God's called you to that, for now, at least. So as a conference evangelist, prayer coordinator, uh, and traveling itinerant preacher <laughs> of the gospel, what are, what's, what is, uh, what's a reason that you think churches sometimes don't like to do or don't want to do or don't feel inspired to do evangelistic outreach ministry? I think people don't like to do evangelism because they don't think evangelism works. Okay. <laughs> Actually, um, there's a book Who called... likes to do something that doesn't work? <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's a book by Rebecca M. Pippett, and it's called Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. And the opening line, it says this. It says, Christians and non-Christians have something in common. We're both uptight about evangelism. And I think Christians are uptight about evangelism because they don't think it works. Maybe they haven't seen it work. Maybe they've been involved in an evangelistic um, series or out outreach thing, and it didn't have the success that they hoped for, and so they perhaps gave up. Yes. Or other, other times, I think we think that evangelism doesn't apply to us. We think it applies to the paid evangelist or the preacher, um, people in paid ministry. Or maybe we're just so busy with life, we just don't have the time. Yeah. And you've just, you've just, you've just laid out three reasons, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. What was the second? Uh, it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. It's not for me. It's for the paid ministry. And thirdly, um, have the time. Don't have the time, I'm too busy. Yeah, okay, so it's kind of cool that your first reason was because many people don't think evangelism works and our series title is Why Evangelism Doesn't Work. So what do you think success, like, okay, so in the mind of a person, now we can't know what's in people's minds, but I've heard the same thing. Like evangelism doesn't work. Mm -hmm. In people's minds, what do you think they mean by by evangelism when they say evangelism doesn't work because they probably don't mean like god can't work evangelistically to win people that's probably not what they mean because they believe in god and they believe in the holy spirit and the gifts of the spirit and one of the gifts of the spirit is the gift of evangelism so they wouldn't be meaning evangelism like the holy spirit's gift doesn't work because they would then be indicting god and saying mm -hmm. it couldn't work and his power can't change people so what do you think people mean when they say 
evangelism in the phrase evangelism doesn't work. I think they've had a bad experience. Okay. Maybe they were part of a series and a few people came and hardly anyone came through. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they think that the preaching of the evangelistic messages these days just in the world that we live in with the changing climate of what's okay to say publicly and what's not, maybe they think that that won't work anymore because you'll offend people, not win them, things like that. Yeah, right. It's funny because I, I, I've asked on several occasions people who have said, yeah, you know, evangelism, it just doesn't work anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll say, so do you mean that the Holy Spirit no longer gives people the gift of evangelism? And I'll say, no, no, that's not what I mean. Um, I said, okay, so if someone has the gift of evangelism, are you saying that God's power isn't, you know, sufficient to like change people anymore? No, no, that's not what I mean. So it's usually what you're saying, right? It's like, I've, I've seen certain evangelistic outreach ministries and they haven't met my expectations or I felt like, I felt disappointed because I didn't see achieved what I would like to see achieved and that's that's kind of fair right if somebody has a bad experience with something then they're justified in thinking that doesn't work right yeah and maybe our definition of evangelism was wrong yeah in the first place and that's why we didn't attempt anything when we didn't think had the success that we were hoping for yeah right well you know it's funny because i, I kind of asked you i was it's like i'm kind of being a bit tricky when i <laughs> i'm trying to follow <laughs> well, you know it's interesting because like well, no, I, 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 what I mean is I kind of slid a question in there that it has kind of like two answers. So I said, they're kind of justified in not, you know, wanting to do evangelistic outreach if they've had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. Well, yes and no, for sure, because maybe their bad experience was based on what many people call, say, hit and run evangelism, mm -hmm. where there's no real preparatory work done in the community, no relationships built, mm -hmm. no, like, no heart softened towards... Mm -hmm. The church and towards ministry and towards us and towards God and then just somebody just shows up in town preaches mm -hmm. a sermon um, it doesn't amount to much and so with that kind of haphazard method they would be justified in saying well that doesn't work like evangelism doesn't work because they're attaching the term evangelism to a particular way they saw evangelism done that they personally don't feel was the best way so in that case yeah I think like you're, you're justified in not wanting to do evangelism but mm -hmm. On, on another level, just because a person does their best or a church does its best to win people and doesn't win people, it doesn't mean that that was a failure and they should be discouraged from it because in you, when you look in scripture, are there ever times where people make t tons of effort, they put forward tons of effort and make massive sacrifices to yeah. win people and then they don't, but God was fully in it, like, you know. I mean, even the Sabbath school lesson this quarter, I'm really enjoying it. And um, oh, we had the, the thought on Mary Magdalene and how Jesus, you know, she was the first person that he appeared to when he was resurrected. And he told her to go to the, the disciples, to my brethren and tell them, which she did. And when she did that, the gospels tell us that they didn't believe. Didn't believe. <laughs> so, yes. But it didn't stop her. She told them anyway. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and, and these are guys who have been spiritually indoctrinated by the Son of God for up to three and a half years, right? Like, so yeah. they, they, of all people, should have responded to the truth, but they didn't, which proves that a person not responding to the truth 
doesn't mean that the message was irrelevant or mm-hmm. doesn't invalidate the message or the attempt of the person to deliver the message. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes this is a, this is something I'll just throw this out there. I've seen this as an evangelist, as a Bible worker and as a conference employee in a conference office that we presume that since we're working with God, that every single effort that we put forward has to be met with smashing success. And if it's not, like Acts 2, then God's not in it, right? Yeah. It, we forget that the disciples themselves experienced apparent failure. Paul, he'd go into cities at times and be so fully rejected that people would throw rocks at him. Mm. You know, like if he, if he were to define his ministry and the usefulness or the value of his ministry by people's response to it, then he would have just been like, well, yeah, me traveling around to different cities, preaching the gospel. It's useless because, you know, the last city I went into, they threw rocks at me. Yeah. Like Nobody's throwing rocks at us after we've done evangelism, but we're so fragile and so sensitive to ourselves. And so I think unconcerned about other people that we try once, it doesn't meet our expectations. And all of a sudden we give up, but maybe God was just trying to train us through it or prove us or test us. And maybe his plan was, yeah, you need to, learn you need to grow before you can ever really find success i don't know i think heaven's going to be full of surprises too the ventures which we thought successful in this life when we get to heaven we may discover things that we didn't know about those ventures like I, i don't know who was the speaker you may know the one but someone runs an evangelistic series and only one person makes a commitment to christ and it's mark finley <laughs> you know or uh, there's stephen being stoned for his testimony for, for jesus there in the book of acts and there was saul standing by and it impacted his life you know so we just don't know nothing is wasted when it comes to sharing absolutely it's like i i really think you know that andrew with peter right in the similar fashion he just like goes and tells his brother his brother comes and his brother ends up being like the pentecostal preacher i really think we have to like it's just a thought in regards to the the topic that we're discussing, reasons why many don't do evangelism or reasons why we don't do evangelism. I think to some degree, and this goes along with what we're talking about, we are approaching evangelistic work and ministry in an unspiritual way. Yes. So it's not a journey with God while we're like where we're following the lamb wherever he goes. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, 6, he that says he abides in him, Mm-hmm. also to walk even as he walked and he came to seek and save the lost and give his life as a ransom for many so mm-hmm. if we had this disposition where we said we're on a journey with jesus we're following in his footsteps and we're going to reach out to the world around us irrespective of the results because this is worship to god this is an acceptable sacrifice to god well then mm-hmm. no matter what the outcome of our efforts we'll feel blessed because our goal is not so much what we get out of it, what we get. Yeah, it's about us following God and wor- worshiping him, you know, and yeah. Yeah. pleasing to him. And so, like, if I, if I had just hypo- as a hypothetical statement, and we can even get into methods, too, because, like, yeah, like some people don't like just public preaching, like you mentioned. But if I had, as an analogy, if I had, like, three kids, which I do. <laughs> hypothetically those three kids were playing by a river and the river bank kind of fell into the river and it was a sweeping rushing river and they fell 
into the water and they started to get swept down the river and there were some rapids and for sure they don't swim good enough that they're going to drown in the rapids but there's a person that he was an apt and capable swimmer or at least a good enough swimmer to get into the water and try to rescue them but they were sitting there thinking to themselves like this person yeah you know there's a very very low chance that i'll be able to to reach those kids before you know they get to the rapids um and yeah I can swim and then swim back and be safe and, and unharmed, but you know, it's going to be so much effort and I'll get wet and it'll be an uncomfortable experience. And, and since there's such a low possibility that I'll be able to rescue these kids, why exhaust myself in the effort to try? Mm. And then, so the person just kind of sits there and lets my kids just kind of get swept down the river and die in the rapids. Like, how am I going to feel about that person? Mm. Like, I'm not going to be very happy with that individual. And I shouldn't be very happy. But if the person knowing that maybe they weren't going to save my kids, but they thought that my kids were worth enough to try. Yeah. And they just jumped in the river and they didn't save my kids, but they tried. How would I feel about those people? Yeah. I would feel wonderfully about those people, that individual, that person. And I think it would be the same with God. Like we're saying something to God with our efforts or our lack of effort. We're saying we want to please you, mm -hmm. or we don't want to please you. We're going to try to save your children or we're not going to try to save your children. And so I think sometimes we need to shift in our, have a shift in our perspective and realize that we kind of approach evangelism in a very carnal way. It's like, like, well, I'll do this much work or effort if I'm going to be guaranteed that I can get a certain amount of success. And I think we're not like investing in like stocks and bonds here, man. No, no. Like people. Lives are at stake. Lives you know? And yeah, so... Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to, you know, so I've, I've always said this at, at Arise when, I, when we teach and train the students that come there. I say sometimes we try just hard enough to have good excuses to not try again. <laughs> it's true. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't say that we, we laid it all out on the field. We, we left, like they say in sports, we left everything on the field. Mm. We, we can look ourselves in the face in a mirror and say, I know there's nothing I didn't do to succeed in this venture. Now, if there's a church who comes to us and says, you know, we did this evangelistic campaign and look at this. Two of our members got stoned and killed. We spent all of our money and resources. We begged all of our friends and still no one came. Mm -hmm. Evangelism doesn't work. Like at that point you might take them seriously. Yeah. But if it's like, yeah, we made a kind of mediocre Laodicean half-hearted effort and it didn't go the way we wanted to. So evangelism doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, I was thinking about those things that I outlined before about why we think it doesn't work because we don't see it work because we don't work. We don't think it applies and all the rest of it. I was thinking about it, really the bottom line is because we're not filled with the Holy spirit. We're not walking, having this relationship with Jesus where we are feeling the way he feels, where his burden is our burden, where his passion is our passion. Cause when we're walking with Jesus like that, then the same passion that stirred the heart of Christ for people and for lost souls will stir our hearts as well. And yeah. uh, thinking about, you, know, you mentioned Laodicea, like the problem with Laodicea is Jesus is on the outside of the church. He's knocking. He wants to come in and have that relationship. And you look at the Gospels, people, I think, again, back to the lesson, Mary, she meets Jesus. She can't stop going for Jesus. She won't stop following Jesus. Uh, the demoniac, he wants to go with Jesus wherever he goes. Like when we have to encounter Christ, I lie that we ought to, we will want to go for him. And it won't matter what people think. It, like I said, it won't matter at the success because we're doing what Jesus is, is about. We're about what he's about. Him, he, God loves people. 
You know, it's funny because we, uh, Peter Watts and I were talking about this, and I don't know if it, this part of our podcast got cut off when we were talking. Uh, he talked a lot about the cycle of evangelism and the whole process that people have to go through in order to make a decision for Christ. And he was, he quoted like an illustration I used at a church. And I, I put this as a post on Facebook once and got lots of people um, feeling uncomfortable. Um, but I think it's, it's only because it's a true statement. It's a truism. And I say this every year to the students that arise. I say, so if I were to have enough money to offer each of you $10,000 for each person that you brought to the evangelistic campaign that we're doing here at the Arise program, do you think that you could bring at least one person? Mm. Like, like, like what, what ways would your mind, what, 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 what ways would your mind invent for you to invite others to the meeting? Like what creative ways, what thoughtful ways would you come up with? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I said to you, it doesn't matter how many people you bring, I'll give you $10,000 per person. Mm do you think that any, you know, you could bring one person? And everyone said, yes, like, because come on, like, let's be very honest, unless the person was already a millionaire, $10,000 would be a nice, you know, bonus to your bank account. <laughs> yeah. and so I'm not saying that in any way, shape or form that our work should be incentivized by personal gain. I'm against that, but I'm just making a larger point that if you could bring someone to an evangelistic series to hear the preaching of the gospel, the truth for this time, the message that God has sent, and prepared specifically for the world that we're living in now. If you could do that for 10,000 bucks, like how come we couldn't do it for God? Well, maybe it's because you love $10,000 more than you love. Mm, and so we cavil and debate about methods. And this is the funniest thing, Charissa. I, I really believe this. And I wouldn't say it if I didn't really believe it. And mm. I, I don't say it to be dismissive or insulting. But I just think I really believe this is true. And that's that we oftentimes get into these like very precise discussions about how everything should be done. And we're like, yeah, you know, just having a public evangelistic campaign, it's old fashioned and it used to work in the old days, but it won't work now. Well, I was baptized through a public evangelistic meeting along with 120 other people. Yeah, I committed my life to the Lord too through public evangelism. We just did public evangelism through the end series and 10 people committed to be baptized and it cost not that much more thousands of dollars. So mm -hmm. it's like, we had an evangelistic campaign in our conference, a public evangelistic meeting. Um, while I've been evangelism director, we're, we're Lyle Southwell baptized 15 people in one public evangelistic series. Mm -hmm. um, we do public evangelism every year at Arise with the students, and we baptize people every year um, in the like 10 plus people a year for the Kings of Church through those public evangelistic meetings. And so whether you like to do public evangelistic outreach or not, that's really not the primary question, but I make the point that oftentimes people, they dream that if we had some perfect modern method, then everything would really be clean and easy and you'd win like millions of people and it'd just be peace and happiness and love. And uh, it wouldn't require then work and effort and sweating and sacrificing. And uh, I just think that that's, that's just an illusion yeah, and not reality. And I think people sometimes like to get into this these debates about methods for evangelism because it's just a way to get out of doing it all together mm -hmm. so if somebody says to me public evangelism doesn't work and then i say okay so what's working for you nine <laughs> times that person is going to say uh yeah yeah, yeah evangelism is uh, should be a lifestyle too yeah. not just uh, an event but it should be our lives 
And I, I like, um, I heard this, you probably heard this before too. Evangelism is just one beggar telling other beggars about where they found bread. Yes. Everybody can do that. Everybody can, um, if you can't speak or preach the evangelistic series, you can bring someone to hear the gospel, yes. like you said. Or well, send a link. It's so easy. Yeah, it, you know, I've noticed too, and I'm going to say, I'm saying all these things that people who, you know, don't like American accents. Um, <laughs> I love American are accents. Are, are just like, <laughs> I love my church family and I, I know that my church family loves me. So I feel very free to just speak what I actually believe. That's a part of being a family, right? Like that's a part of, that's really a part of being a, a church, a real church where you can say what you honestly believe. And so I'm going to say something else that I honestly believe. This is my sincere belief. Um, and now I just forgot what I was going to say. And maybe it'll <laughs> my mind, so I wouldn't offend anybody. <laughs> I really want to know what it was. <laughs> come back to me. <laughs> but just say, you know, like in saying that getting into an argument or a debate about how we should do evangelism doubles for just, it just gets us out. It serves as a pass to get us out. Um, mm -hmm. And then saying to people, hey, okay, so what is working? And then you said, like, evangelism should be a lifestyle, not like an event. And I, I couldn't agree more. And, oh, it's like, here's, here, I got it. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. But, if I found as a Christ follower, and I found this from the moment I was baptized to now, it's what I have divined and discerned. And I can be delusional, but I, I don't think so. And I think that what I've seen is exactly in harmony with the word of God. And what, what's the, the problem with public evangelism today is not that it can't work, like holding a public event where you invite your friends and contacts from the community to come and hear a person who's uniquely gifted to present the messages. It's not that that doesn't work. It's that we have lost interest mm -hmm. in that form. So, you know, Jesus says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. Mm -hmm. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you start with the premise that, it, that public evangelism doesn't work, well, then obviously it's not going to work. And so if a local church community is of the opinion that public evangelism doesn't work, one of the things I say to them is don't do it. But do something evangelistic because souls are dying for sure. a knowledge of the gospel and for a knowledge of the three angels' messages mm. is the gospel articulated uh, for the sake of people at the end of time, you know, in the way they need to hear it. And so it's like, okay, look, you don't want to do public evangelism. I don't care. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus and do, he did lots of kinds of evangelism. He did public preaching. He did private, you know, communication of the gospel. He did all kinds of stuff to reach out. So Justin Lawman used to say, the former uh, evangelism director, he was the, my predecessor in this role. He used to say, I believe in two forms of evangelism, everything and anything. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when, you, when you love the Lord, every trip you take is a mission trip. Yeah. Even going down to get petrol <laughs> or going buying groceries, people you meet. Absolutely. So, you know, okay, so I'm going to say this also this, I do this little sermon. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Um, and I'll let you close our, our podcast. We'll make it short and sweet today. Um, <laughs> going? I think maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I um, preached this sermon way, way back in time called the man who wants to be like the devil. Mm. And uh, it was based on an observation I was making in scripture of Isaiah 14, where it says that um, Lucifer, you know, he exalts himself and he wants to ascend above the stars. Uh, and 
exalt himself above the furthest sides of the north and all this stuff. And then it says, I want to be like the most high. Mm. Well, Jesus says to his disciple, I think it's either Philip or Thomas in John 14. Have I been with you so long? I think Philip that uh, you, you can't see the father. And I think it's in verse nine. He says, if, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Mm. And so Jesus is a representation of God. And Paul says in second Corinthians four that, you know, you, you see, you know, the nature of God, the whole Bible, like Hebrews two talks about it. it, it, it so Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one and second Corinthians four, that Jesus is the representation of God. So here's Lucifer saying, I want to be like the most high, but Jesus is like the most high. And we know that Lucifer doesn't want to be like Jesus because mm-hmm. Jesus says, I don't seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me, right? Mm-hmm. So when Isaiah 14 says that Lucifer wants to be like the most high, the conclusion that I come to is that he doesn't want to be like the most high in character. He wants to be just like the most high in power. Yeah. So he wants God's power, but he doesn't want God's personality or his character. Yes. And so it's, it's interesting because I can follow Jesus because... I want to be like Jesus as a person mm-hmm. or I can follow Jesus because I just want his power. Mm. And if I follow Jesus because I just want his power, then I'm the man who wants to be like the devil because that's exactly how the devil is. He wants to be like God too. Oh wow. So wanting to be like God, right? Like what does that mean when we say it? Like, does it mean I want to be like someone who dies for other people? Mm. Because I think that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and I'm willing to do that whatever the cost, I'm willing to try to save other people. If that brings me shame, if people spit at me, if they misrepresent me, if they don't understand me, whatever, if they hate me, that's what I'll do. Or is it, I just want to have God's power and do miracles and have large crowds follow me and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the disciples were men who wanted to be like the devil when Jesus first called them because they just wanted the, the glory. and Sit on the right hand, sit on the left. Right hand, sit on the left. Exactly. So, I feel like one of the reasons we don't do evangelism is because we want the power of God, but not the character of God. Mm. And, the char- and the power of God is only given to those, God, to those who, who want the character. That's right. And so it's like, well, so we're not willing to. So I really think it's the local church that says, you know what, we're just going to do evangelism because we want to win people for God's sake. Yeah. We're going to give all that we can to save other people. That's going to develop in them. Christ likeness. Yes. And then once we develop our hearts and our minds more like Jesus is and care more like more about the people around us, you know, the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So once we start investing a lot in others around us, then our heart will be more into it. We'll become more like Jesus and God will give us more of his power and then we'll see the great results. Yeah. yeah. Colossians one twenty seven, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that character reflected in us. Oh, it's so good. So we've had, we've talked about a lot. We've addressed a lot. And um, is there anything you want to say to kind of wrap it together? Or? Yeah, can I, can I share some, some one-liner thoughts? Of course. Yes. <laughs> All right. so I, got, I, I thought of a few here before we, we came on. A um, couple of things to remember. Go ye means go me. When Jesus gave the great commission, go ye means go me. He was talking to me personally. Um, that's the other thing. When God called us to go, 
it's called the great co-mission. Like we don't go alone, but God is with us. The Holy Spirit, he, he's working on people's hearts and God wants to send us yep. to different people um, to share the gospel with. If you are listening to this podcast and you just can't get excited about evangelism, or maybe you even feel a little bit like you need a personal revival, there's something about sharing your faith with somebody else that adds life to your experience. It puts feet to your faith. So I'd encourage you to, to just go out there and, and share with someone what God has done for you and what he means to you. And uh, when, you're, when you love the Lord, when Jesus lives in your heart, you're a missionary for him. And every heart without Jesus is a mission field. And so we don't have to, we don't have to be in an evangelistic series even to find those people, but you can be walking down the street. You live next door to people. They're in your family. Um, that's your mission field that God is calling you to. And, you know, you talk there a lot of, I love that illustration you used about your sons and the, you know, if they were drowning, would you save them and all the rest of it in, in a very real sense, that's exactly the kind of life and death situation that we're in right now for many people, the whole world is facing right now. And Mrs. White, she talks about um, how daily people are going to their graves unprayed for and unwarned, unwarned and unprayed for. And Spurgeon actually, he picked up the same language. He talked about people who were dying unprayed for and unwarned. They've never heard the gospel. They've never heard the three angels' messages. And so I really pray, I know for me personally, I pray to God that I would be stirred with the divine discontentment in my heart to let that happen and do nothing. I don't want to do nothing. I want to do something. And uh, I think we can all do something and we can, we can begin by fully surrendering our hearts to Jesus. And as you said, you know, having the, the character of Jesus reflected in us that comes as, as the Holy Spirit is filling my heart and the fruit of the Spirit is in my life. And uh, yeah, that's all my thoughts conglomerated into one final comment. But Amen. I could, look, I could just say amen, amen. And I, one last caveat family before we go is we succeed when we're not afraid to fail amen and we're when we're willing to fail on multiple occasions adjust adapt overcome and um yeah Yeah. amen for what you've said sharissa thank you so much for for taking the time and and having this conversation with me hopefully we can get you back on the podcast again this was awesome and you always talk about how you can't speak off the cuff and every single time you do God blesses me and everyone else with awesome thoughts. And thank you so much, guys. God bless you. Um, we could have said a million more things and had a million more uh, yeah, awesome insights through the power of the Holy Spirit. But um, I just hope that this conversation and others like it and this podcast in general just keeps provoking you to thinking and praying and just jogs us all to more action for the sake of those people who God loves. Um, and God loves. Anyways, uh, God bless. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon.